0: care advocacy ministry so uh, man are you excited to be in the house of God today I am excited I I had this verse in my spirit all day uh, or all week rather where David said come let us go up to the house of the Lord and so uh, that's that's going to be weaved in and out of the message and we're going to talk about what that means the house of the Lord and we're in a sermon series this month um, called destinations and so it, it Here's the, here's the idea. God does have uh, destinations, you know, mile markers, if you will. How many of you guys are, are going on vacation? Actually, a few people t- texted me this week. They wouldn't be here because they're on vacation. But how many people are going on vacation this, this summer? Anybody? All right. Awesome. Um, and, and you've already... Anybody like me, like, you, you, don't, you don't open that paper map. You don't even know where you're going. You know, you're just tap in your GPS. Every millennial. Come on. Anybody? Just two of you. All right, who's old school? You got you got to chart it out. You like printing, my dad. <laughs> Anybody else like still printing MapQuest, like twelve pages, stapled? You know, no, but just just my dad. That's great. Wow, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> that. That was awesome. I did not expect you to be the only one with your hand raised. That was that was awesome. But we we have these destinations, right? And the Holy Spirit will take us to where He wants us to go. And, it's gonna, and that's what we're talking about today. So let's just, let's just bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's ask God to speak. Again, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this service. We, I ask you, God, to move aside all my thoughts or opinions, um, God, that are not an expression of, of your spirit and your word. God, may your word just speak loud and clear today. God, our, our thoughts and applications of what your word means, we pray that you would speak. God, that every heart would be open. Our hearts are open to you. Lord, my heart is open to you again. You teach me something new today. Reveal your will and your goodness in Jesus' name. And everybody that would make that prayer your own said amen. 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 So I want to look at this verse. This is our core verse for the month. 1 Peter 4.10. You can find it on the screen or in the Bible app there. 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. All right? So that's the key we're going to come back to a lot. Everybody say, to serve one another. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. That's why I call the gifts grace gifts. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves with the strength that God supplies. In order that everything, God may be glorified through Jesus. To him belongs all the glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. That is such a powerful Verse, we can see that when we serve, it's just like one who speaks. And we're going to look at Ephesians 4, Romans 12, and we're going to look at these two different types of gifts that God gives the church. Right? Uh, I like Warren Weersby, Weas- uh, one of my favorite commentators. Um, he he had pointed out there's really two types of gifts when you look at the gifts given in Ephesians and in in the, in the Word. It's like there's there's serving gifts and speaking gifts. But he makes it an important. Delineation that even the speaking gifts, let's say the teacher, the apostle, the evangelist, those are still meant to what? To serve. All gifts are to serve. And if you ever value the gift over the service it provides, that's when you're in trouble. We serve. Everybody say we serve. Okay, why? So that Jesus is glorified. So Jesus is glorified. So here's the deal. We're all on this journey of faith. And I want you to think about this. We follow the Holy Spirit just like the disciples follow Jesus. Can you imagine the times that Jesus would, would say, hey, I want you to go and I want you to find, you're going to find this donkey. You're going to tie this on, You're going to ask this guy. You're going to go to Straight Street. And they're like, wow, how does he know this stuff? We're going to go do this. And then they go do it, and then it's exactly like Jesus said. How many guys have ever thought it would be so cool to live and walk with Jesus? Anybody ever thought that? I've thought that. But Jesus makes this remarkable statements, right? In John 14 and 17 that it's going to be better that I'm gone. Because the Holy Spirit is going to talk to all of you so he can tell Jason, "Hey, I want you to go into that Texaco gas station. You're going to see a girl with red hair. You're going to tell her this." And he can be saying that to you while he's telling Tim something and while he's telling Dr. Harnett something, while he's telling Mark and Pam something. How remarkable is that? Right? That there are destinations, people you can impact with your gift. And uh, I was sharing with the pastoral staff this week how important it is to know that everybody is on this journey of faith. And to not get impatient with people who are just starting their journey. Right? Let's be real. How many of you are 20 years into your journey of faith? Just raise your hand. I'm not going to date you. I I won't turn around and ask ages. How many of you are 30 years into following Jesus, right? But you're still learning things, come on, right? right. we got to remember that if you're 20 years in, and that was about half of you, that we're really patient with people who are two weeks in. Yeah. Yeah. Remember like Paul said? Right? They're still learning. They're still, uh, this new Christians are like infants getting milk. Then they learn to, t- to tease, if you will then solid food. And so understanding that everybody's in different places in their journey of faith, right? And again, that's not an excuse for sin. It's just an understanding that when people are learning something, they're learning. They're learning. Come on, they're learning. All right. Always remember that in this journey of faith, sonship is the most important thing. So if you hear the sermon today, just as a a premise, before we get into the sermon too deep, don't think that life is all about reaching a new destination. Because if you do that, you will misplace the purpose of a mountaintop. Because the, the purpose of the mountaintop is to be there with God. Not so much the view. And so God has destinations for us, but the idea, the, 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 the joy of sonship. Everybody say sonship. Knowing God as Father, like, like we were just singing about. That's where your joy comes in. But I want to tell you... I want to tell you, in fact, let me ask a question first. It's a rhetorical question, but I still, I want you to hear this. If there's levels of joy that God intends you to have, how many of you want to have that? Okay, right? There's levels of joy that can only come in trusting the Spirit's leading like my dad was preaching about last week. By the way, didn't my dad do a great job last week on uh, Destinations Part 1? He said, you got to be filled with the spirit. You got to be filled. Exactly. He said, boom. Thank you for that reminder. I appreciate that. Uh, um, <laughs> every church has one. No, just kidding. Love you Nola. So, <laughs> it was really funny. Hold on. I got to get my mind straight now. Uh, yeah, that we are filled with the Spirit, and as we're filled with the Spirit, He takes us places. He takes us places that, hear me, we wouldn't go otherwise. He, we wouldn't be there otherwise. Some of our destinations are unwanted. Everybody just give me the eyebrow, you know. How many of you guys have ever landed a destination in life, and you're like, how did I get here? Right? Sometimes, by the way, those have nothing to do with your doing, and we'll talk about that. And sometimes they are, come on, our own stupidity. I booked a hotel at a Hojo one time, Howard Johnson. That was the worst decision of my life. Anybody ever done that? It was terrible. I was like, $49 was a great deal. Stupid. It was so stupid. I, the, the hotel was the size of a pack of gum, my room. It was, uh, you know. And I, I didn't know there was a club next door, not ideal for sleeping. Right? And so it's like, nch, nch, nch. it's going crazy. And I was down there for this con- conference in Nashville. And I just tried to save $50. Just turn to your friends, say, don't do it. It's not worth it. I would have went and paid $500, okay, for a new, for, for um, you know, a nice one, a Hilton in a second. And I just got to tell you guys a, a quick story. You guys okay with a quick story? This is what happens when you make a stupid decision. By the way, sin is stupid. Turn to, tell your friend, say, sin is stupid i saying, God's going get to your, get your attention today, whether it's through a point or, hey, sin is stupid. This was stupid. I went to a destination all of my own doing. <laughs> I could have booked a nice hotel, Jason, but I did not. I tried to save money. And next thing you know, <laughs> I'm looking out the window like three, four times going, you know, because I couldn't sleep. And I even had earbuds in, and I still couldn't sleep. And I'm opening the curtain just out of curiosity. What's going on? And people are going in and out of this club till three in the morning. This is three in the morning. I lay back down. It's like the fifth time I lay down, and all of a sudden I hear <laughs> my heart. Listen, y'all, I'm 120 pounds soaking wet. All right, this is this is not like I'm not like about to defend myself, you know. <laughs> like I think it was Will. Somebody asked me if I had a, you know. Well, I won't talk about that. Whether I have a gun, whether I have a gun, I don't know. As I have bullets, I'll just throw the gun at the <laughs> intruder. Okay, but. I was I was like defenseless. I'm like, what's about what's about to happen? And they watched me. They saw me opening the window, you know, and I'm like, this guy, nothing but I just cowboy boots, cowboy hat, and whitey tidies in a beer. This <laughs> is a true story. And he goes, You see Johnny? I'm like, Johnny isn't here. And he goes to the next hotel room. <laughs> you seen Johnny? I was afraid for my life. I thought I was gonna die. That was a bad destination of my own choosing. Let the Holy Spirit speak through this little moment. Turn to your friend, and say, make a good choice. Right? Right. Now sometimes, sometimes it's not a it's not your own choosing, it's not your volition of your sin, right? Sometimes you're just still learning. Some of those bad destinations, those unwanted destinations, let me say this, have nothing to do with our actions, right? Nothing to do with our actions. They're simply a part of what it means to live in a fallen world. So let me just take a little stress off you for a minute. Have you guys ever arrived at a season in life and you're like, what did I do wrong, right? Can I just remind you, you're not in heaven yet. Perfection comes in heaven. Perfection is in heaven. So there's going to be times when you arrive at a season that's unwanted. It's a destination that's unwanted. But hear me, God has a beautiful, mysterious way of working in and through those bad and unwanted seasons. In fact, I will tell you right now, those unwanted seasons, God will draw you closer to his heart than the wanted ones. Let me say that again. Some of those unwanted destinations where you arrive somewhere and you're like, this is not the job I wanted. That's not the boss I wanted. That's not the what, you know. And yet now what does that do? That drives you to your knees. God's like, well, yeah, I'm reviving your prayer life. Turn your neighbor's He's talking to you. Come on. Those unwanted seasons, they test us, don't they? It's in those seasons where we get drawn closer to God And I want to tell you this, I want to spend a little bit of time now on this idea of reaching these destinations together. We have a core vision here, right? What is it? That We're leading people to follow Jesus together. Together. See, these destinations in our faith, you're praying for something, you're praying for a miracle, you're praying for God to answer that prayer. I'm looking out and I'm seeing different guys that I've had coffee with and I've prayed with you about that job promotion. I've prayed with you about that thing you were praying for. And here's the thing, I rejoice with you. I come alive when your miracle happens. Why? Those destinations, hear me, in our faith are a lot more meaningful when we reach them together. Can we just read that first line all together? Let's read it together. These destinations in our faith are a lot more meaningful when we reach them together and not alone. You cannot fulfill the purposes of God in your life alone. You cannot. You cannot fulfill the purposes of God on your own. And hear me, when you reach these destinations alone, right, or together, it's completely up to you. I'm serious. Completely up to you. You know, one of the things we say often, we say we want you to connect with God, we want you to grow uh, in your faith with other believers, and we want you to serve using your grace gifts, right? We want you to serve. Here's the thing. If you're not committing to community where you're saying, hey, you want to come over and have dinner. How many realize friendship is intentional, guys? I look out and I see some of the families that have invited us over, over and over and over. And we have this friendship, this bond now that I know what Ray and Nicole are praying for. Why? Because they say, hey, come over, come over for lunch again. And we form these bonds, these friendships. And hear me, now when they celebrate, I celebrate. Now, when they mourn, I mourn. When they grieve, I grieve. And you got to reach these destinations together. Everybody say together. How many realize you're, sometimes you can be together and the other person has a better idea of what's, wh- where you're going? And does anybody have a bad sense of direction like me? Anybody married to like a Sacagawea like my wife? She's like, oh, north. <laughs> anybody? Seriously, can I tell you guys a story to help you understand this point? I've got about 50 of these. <sighs> no, it's not a joke. Will, know. My sense of direction is we pull out of brother's and I'm like, he's like, where are you going? I'm like, Pennsylvania? I don't know. I can tell you what I'm doing in 10 years, but I don't know where left and right. Um, listen, my sense of direction is so bad. Our first vacation, we go to the Outer Banks, right? And my wife is the best co-pilot. She sleeps. Anybody have one of those spouses? You know, they're like, right? And then they wake up. Oh, that trip was so short. (laughs) Anybody? Who's got that wife? Come on, just raise your hand. I see that hand. I'll see your spouse at the altar. I see the hand. Yes, raise it for I pulled out of the gas station, and I should have went right, (laughs) but I went left. And I drove four hours back. That's a true story. I know. I still get mad thinking about it. Because she woke up and she's like, it's still cold up here. Where are we? And then she, you know, because she has this, again, amazing sense of direction. She wakes up and she's like, you drove four hours the wrong way. Dude, that's a long trip already. And I'm like, honey, this is an opportunity for you to show grace and forgiveness of Jesus. (laughs) By the way, it's a good one. Whenever you're spout, you just blow it. Just Listen, this is an opportunity for you to extend the kindness of the Lord. <laughs> See that? That's what happens when you're married to a pastor. How many realize she had to forgive me, right? Or I would be shanked. <laughs> Those destinations became more meaningful because we were together. Together. Everybody say Together. So Paul uses this term gift and the, the root word the charisma, right, quite often to designate that these gifts are to be used together. I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures because we don't have time to go into all of them today. You can d- discuss these in your life group. Romans 12, right, 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, chapter 28, 30, 1 Timothy 4. These gifts are all used hear me, all used in the context of togetherness. That's why I always say a life group or just people at your house is the best place for you to exercise spiritual gifts. So prophecy happens, hospitality happens on a Sunday, all these gifts, but you know the best place is across the dinner table. You're showing hospitality. Now suddenly the Holy Spirit says, hey, why don't you pray for them? Showing compassion. And in the middle of your prayer, you're discerning things. You're showing discernment. It's in the context of friendship. Yes, spiritual gifts take place on a Sunday in the house of God, if you will. But spiritual gifts, best place, according to Acts, where the church God started, is not on Sunday morning. It's Monday night. It's Thursday night. It's Friday night at the house. Amen? I, mean, I, was, just, I was just prophesying to this girl last week. We were at this pastor's event. And God had given her like a Lydia anointing. I mean, you guys remember Lydia in the Bible. Right? She, was, she was this uh, designer of purple robe, said. So just picture like the Vera Wang of the Bible to help. And she had this big house. So guess what? She turned her house into a church. Come on, grace, gifts, destinations, where you're going to reach for God is when you say, God, here's what I have. What can I do to use it for your glory? I want to say this. These gifts tend to sit dormant, until the Holy Spirit baptizes you. Amen? When the Spirit baptizes you, the second experience we talk about a lot, and the scripture is clear, it's not that you have to be Holy Spirit baptized to be saved, you accept Jesus as the Son of God, who died in your place and rose again to new life. That's what makes you saved. Trusting in His grace. Nothing you can do so that no man can boast, but by faith through grace. Amen? After that, comes an experience God wants you to have called the baptism in the Spirit. Pastor Mark spent some time on this last week. If you're seeking that and you're still seeking that, continue seeking that and watch. God will fill you. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, why is it important? Why is it important? I'm so glad you asked that. Why is it important? Because you need the Spirit to operate in the gifts. Let me say it again. You need the spirit to operate in the gifts. Otherwise, it's like a car with no battery. Listen, we got this little yellow Jeep on the side of the road because we're dumpster divers. We like to get garbage, free stuff. Anybody else love free stuff? And sometimes it's like, that's why it was garbage, right? And sometimes it's like, score. We got this little yellow Jeep. We put a battery in it, but the battery dies very quickly. And so I sometimes have to push Lucas Come on, happy Father's Day next week. Any dads out there, you pushing the Jeep? You know, thank you, Tim, I see that. When the battery dies, right, and probably Anna can attest to this, sometimes dads just got to kick in. All right, here we go, I'm going to push you, right? But can I tell you something? That's exhausting. (laughs) And let me tell you something, you try to live life without the Spirit, it's exhausting. Come on, I'm preaching to you this morning. A lot lot of Christians don't spend time praying and asking God for the spirit so then they wonder why they're exhausted and joyless. It's the spirit that brings energy and wind and power to everything you do. Let me say it again. It's the spirit that brings energy and power and wind to everything you do. So when I put the battery in, all of a sudden he goes. Right? (laughs) Right. I put him in a go kart the other day. I didn't tell my wife this yet, but well, I shouldn't say that. Ooh, delete that from the video. <laughs> it's made for five-year-olds. Um, when the Spirit baptizes you, <laughs> those grace gifts come to life, and I have seen this in your lives so many times. I've seen this in the life of, of, of Nikki Culver. Right, we we're talking in the office a while ago, a year or two ago. It's like, hey, what would you think? about leading this new ministry called FAM, instantly, like, teary-eyed, she's like, I have wanted to do something for orphan care my whole life. I'm telling you, the things that God has already put in your heart, He has already pre-designed you to use those gifts for God's glory. All you have to say is yes. Even if you say, oh, well, I don't know all the plans, that's okay, God will give you one step at a time. That's where faith comes in, Right? I, I think about again John McCollins' gift with with um, with with cars. It's amazing. There's so many people. I think of the the number of people serving in the fam ministry now. We just had a new a new family uh, foster family join us this uh, two weeks ago. So now there's ten families with foster children. But guess what? They get supported for, supported with people saying, "I love to cook," and that love to cook. That's a gift of hospitality. You want to make a meal for so That's a gift of hospitality that we read in scripture. That's powerful. It's beautiful. And it's needed. Turn to your neighbor say, you are needed. Give them a Holy Spirit point. Come on, give them an ArDean Baumgartner point. Look, look right into their soul. <laughs> you are needed. You are needed. When you are trying to reach the destinations in your life, I want to reiterate this. Without the Spirit's empowerment, you'll get there late, exhausted, and missing joy. Let the Spirit fill you. Wait on the Spirit in prayer. Remember what did Jesus say? Go to this upper room and... One more time. Go to this upper room and... When we get in trouble is when we try to reach the destination without prayer. We say, God, I, I feel like you're saying you want me to, or we just feel, or we just think, oh, you want me to maybe start this business in two years or do that or change this? And we just go. We, we put the application in or we do, And instead of stopping in the morning, having your, devo- your daily devotion and saying, God, what do you think about this? It's that simple. Prayer is just talking to God, saying, God, what do you think about Is this your idea? And then you watch. You present that to God. Let's pretend the microphone is, the, is, is the, the idea, the destination that you're envisioning. You take that and you say, God, here it is. You watch now how uh, uh, somebody from your life group or somebody from Sunday morning will all of a sudden just prophesy something to you. And you know God's speaking to you. I know, I just saw a bunch of nods, right? How many of have ever had that happen? You're praying about something and then God confirms it. That's when you're reaching the destination that God intended. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go on no detours. I want to go where God wants me to go. Amen? So wait for the Spirit's power. I want to say this, too. Paul makes it very clear in 1 Timothy and Ephesians 4 that every believer has a gift. So do not do what some people do. I don't have any gifts. Right? That's a false humility. I don't have any gifts. No, every one of you has been given different gifts. Think about it. A gift, you, you don't deserve a gift. I don't deserve a gift. When you get a gift on Christmas, I don't know about you, but my kids have never opened a gift and said, I am so glad I mowed the lawn for 40 hours to receive this gift. And Lord knows they're not mowing my lawn, you know. But as soon as they're tall enough, yes, they will be. Right? Right? you don't earn a gift. We get this wrong in the church all the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't earn a gift. And listen, for some of them that grew up in certain denominations, look at them again. Look at them again and say, you don't earn a gift. Right? It's a gift. So what do you do with a gift? You say, thank you. And you use it, that's it. Right? You, you, you say thank you, and you use the gift. I think about the Spirit's empowerment. I want to tell you a story about a young man named Philip in the Bible. Philip, listen to this, he gets transported. This is going to mess with your theology. I mean, especially if for anyone listening online, if you already think you're a cessationist, you think the gift ceased with the death of the apostles, I've got a new one for you. I've got a doozy. This guy, imagine imagine, uh, Mark Swart. Everybody say, hi, Mark. Mark Swart. He serves in our youth ministry. He's amazing. Imagine Mark is at, let's just say youth group. Right? He's serving on a Sunday night. But suddenly God wants him in Walmart. Oh, that's a terrible mission field. But anyway, let's say God, anybody been to, yeah. Say God wants him at Walmart. I'm just kidding. Say God wants him at Walmart. Let's just say. And he all of a sudden Is transported there. How many think that would blow your mind? I mean, seriously. Guys, that happened. You know, God can do anything, right? That's a core part. It must be a core part of your belief. God can do anything He wants at any time. And when we think He can't, we've forgotten that God is the God of the universe. Right? So God takes Philip and he says, I want you to minister to this Ethiopian eunuch. And he transports him physically, just boop, picks him up. There was a sound effect needed right there. And boop, puts him down. And all of a sudden he sees this eunuch in a chariot and God tells him to go tell him the gospel. So he goes, he tells him the gospel. And the eunuch says, I've been wondering what Isaiah, uh, I think it's 53, is. What does this mean? And he tells him about Jesus, the suffering servant. And that destination, he could not have reached that destination unless he was trusting the spirit, trusting God. But listen to this. I don't know about you, but I've never been transported. You ever been transported? That would be unbelievable. Wouldn't that be cool? Just, you don't have to fly to Texas tomorrow. You could just, boop, Right. (laughs) God did that for him, but hear me, I tell this story on purpose because it was all about the gospel. If your destination doesn't include the gospel, it may be a destination you wanted, but not God wanted. If your destination doesn't include God being praised, Jesus being glorified, somebody hearing about the goodness of God, it may be self-motivated destination, not a God-motivated you guys are so quiet. I'm going to try this side. Let's try this side. Yeah. There we go. We're going to go Pentecostal. Are you ready? He's ready. He's always ready. <laughs> He's ready at 4 a.m. All right. Listen, if your destination, you want to get somewhere in life, you say, this is what it, well, you get there, but it doesn't include God getting glory and Jesus being elevated. It may have been a selfish motivation and not a God motivation. Motivation. That's that's an amen part. So turn to your neighbor and say, make sure it's God's destination. Listen, because I've I've talked to the people. Let me tell you, I've talked to people who've reached a destination and they're no happier. Can I talk to you? They've had a destination. I, I, oh, Pastor, man, I need, I need this promotion at work. Pray with me about this promotion. Well, you get that promotion and your income's up uh, 8000 or $10,000. let us just be really real. And you're no happier. You know why? You never, you never dealt with the thing in the heart. You know your problems follow you wherever you go. You can reach a new destination. Some people will move to Florida to solve their inner problems. And they get there and they realize, my problems came with me. I don't know who that was for. Maybe that's for somebody tuning in online from Florida. But listen, spiritual gifts are used to serve one another and get together to these new destinations in God. Together. Everybody say together. All right, now I'm going to do a sermon illustration that I did five years ago, but I loved it, and I I, uh, probably shouldn't repeat one, but I love this sermon illustration so much um, that I want to do it. Paul says... Paul says to use these gifts, to reach these places in God, right? These new destinations in life. You're going to use these gifts, grace gifts. They're, they're an extension of God's grace. Nothing you can do to earn them. It's not like you go to spiritual gifts school and you graduate and you get a blue ribbon. No. They're given to you at birth. They're activated when the Holy Spirit baptizes you. And when you use them, you use them comfortable that they're your gift and you're not trying to be someone else's gift. Can I talk to you? You will have a lot of striving and stress in your life if you try to use someone else's gift and get to their destination. Comparison and competition are the number, uh, the top two traps of the enemy. And you say, I gotta be like that person. This happens in every, this happens at your place of work, This happens to pastors, doesn't it? Oh, man, my church has to look like his for me to really be doing it right. No, no, no. What does God want me to do? Right? So what is harmony? When Paul says use these spiritual gifts, and he says in harmony, he's using a musical term. So I forgot to ask Ryan to turn this keyboard on. But Ryan, will you turn this keyboard on for me for a moment? All right, so... Again, I know we used this a few years ago, but I felt like uh, it's, so, it's so helpful to understand what this harmony thing that God's talking about is. Because where a lot of Christians get messed up is they say, well, that guy has that gift and, you know, you, uh, women do that too. You know, well, I'll never be like her. But the problem is you're not supposed to be like her. You're supposed to be like you. You're supposed to be like you. Right? So let's do this. I want all the, uh, let's have all the men just sing, how great. Everybody do that. How great. And whoever my altos are, give me, how great. Now let's do it together. How great. All right. Any tenors in the house? Jason, help me. How great. Don't leave me hanging, Jason. All right. So just for fun, let's have this section say, how great, yeah, and if you want to join on a B note, say, how great, don't don't leave me hanging, Say, say, how great, say, how great, say, how great, ooh, somebody's hitting a seven, that was nice. Okay, one more time, now all together, how great, isn't harmony better than unison? Isn't it more, isn't it like, oh, that's what music is? It's when each note they say, I'm going to do my part and I'm going to love your part too. Let me say it again. I'm going to do my part and I'm going to love your part too. Right. When you get in trouble is when you say, oh, well, I want my part to be your part. Or my part's better than your part. Right? That's when you get in trouble. That's when divisions happen in the church. And we don't need to hear about any more church splits. Somebody say Amen. Church splits happen. I'm about to preach. It's not in my sermon, but I can feel it. Church splits happen when people say, I demand my way. And I'm going to insist that my note is the note. Beautiful kingdom expression and kingdom growth happens when we have harmony. So just for fun, let's do it one more time. How great, how great. Harmony. Paul says, live in harmony with one another. That happens when you value their gifts as much as your own. And you'll be missing a lot of joy when you only focus on your gifts. And this is how I want to end the sermon. If you're only worried about your destinations, you will miss a lot of joy in God. Truest joy comes in being so excited about others reaching their destination. That's when now the maturity of Christ is being formed in you. Paul says the goal of man, right, is what? That we would all be formed into the image of Jesus. That we would be maturing. Maturing. How many realize that maturation is a process? How many guys have kids? Three of you. You are not helping me. How many of you guys have kids? There you go. Thank you. I don't know about you. Matt, guys, did, did your kids ever come in three years old? You're like, Father, I have made you a meal. <laughs> Bro, that's never happened. But what do they do? They enter the room. It doesn't matter if you're having a conversation. They're having their own conversation right now. Because it's all about me when you're a kid. And the problem is there's a lot of Christians who is still all about me. And they're 20 years in. Enter a room, the conversation is about them. In their own prayer time, it's only about them. When you're maturing, you're excited about others reaching their destination. That's the greatest joy there is in life is to say, how can I help you get to your destination in God? Because I'm going to celebrate with you get there. I'm going to high five you. In fact, that's the clear, one of the clearest signs of your maturity in Christ is how you respond to someone else's victory. Are you skeptical Furrow your eyebrows? Or you say, oh, praise God, I've been praying for you. Right? Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we come to you today. We thank you that you have destinations for us. And your spirit leads us to those destinations if we're listening. Jesus, you said, many have ears but do not hear. Many have eyes but do not see. So, Father, we want to say to you today, give us ears to hear. Can you just put your hand on your ears and say, God, give me ears to hear. God, give me eyes to see. The destinations that you want me to have, God, you have places where I'm supposed to go. In the middle of the week. Three years from now, you have destinations for me, for my feet and my spouse, that we go there together and that we're in that new season and in that destination in step with the Spirit. Not ahead of you, not behind you, questioning, questioning, questioning and fearful. No, we say yes to you. And when you lead, God, we go. Where you lead, Holy Spirit, we follow in fact, would you just stand to your feet if you want that to be your prayer right now? You say, God, when you lead, I want to follow you. God, when you lead. I was going to have the prayer team come up, but I'm going to do something a little different. There, there, uh, some prayer team members will be available on the sides. But right now, I feel like God's just going to speak to you right where you are. Right where you are. Will you just open up your hands? Because for some of you, you realize in the midst of this sermon, you were hearing this sermon and you're thinking, Oh, I don't even know what destination I'm at right now. I don't even know what season. I'm just, I'm on, the, I'm on the hamster wheel. Can I tell you something? God wants to get you off the hamster wheel. God wants you to know what you're praying for and then seeing him answer it. God wants you to know where, it, God, what do you want me to be doing this year? And then he give you the destination. For some of you, that destination, it's, it's not a physical place, right? This is a metaphor. For, the, for some of you, that destination is your, your kids and your grandkids being saved. For some of you, it is something at work. There's a financial burden that you say, if I don't reach this, I don't know that I'm going to be able to pay the bills. We are too tight. I want to tell you, God can help you reach that destination. But hear me, you got to trust him, and it's got to be about God. Not about your comfort, not about your convenience. It's got to be about God. I want to learn to trust you with these finances. So whatever it is right now, I want you to keep those hands open. We're going to play some music. I'm going to stop talking. And I want to let the Holy Spirit just talk to you. Let the Holy Spirit baptize your heart. Where you say, God, the the places I'm going in life, I'm not a soft-made man. I want to go there because you have led me there. I want to be like Philip. God, speak to me. Transport me if you have to. But I am your servant. I'm your servant. Come on, say this with me. Say, I'm your servant. Jesus you are king and lord of all you are the one who guides this gps of life and you take us to these destinations these new seasons in god god our hands are open to you god our hands right now represent our hearts they represent our life we say we're open if you want us god to foster a child we're open EVEN IF IT'S FOR A SEASON. IF YOU WANT US, GOD, TO JOIN THAT MINISTRY TEAM OR JOIN THAT TRIP, WE'RE OPEN. IF YOU WANT ME TO START A nonprofit, GOD, MY HANDS ARE OPEN. MY LIFE IS OPEN TO THE DESTINATION THAT YOU WANT TO TAKE ME. IF THAT'S YOUR PRAYER, COME ON, JUST LIFT UP YOUR HAND AND SAY, GOD, MY LIFE IS OPEN. MY HEART IS OPEN. TAKE ME WHERE YOU WANT TO TAKE ME, LORD. Won't you just seek him right now and let him speak to you. With just one dream in your thoughts, you have wanted me, With just one pulse of your heart, you are worthy. YOU HAVE PLACES FOR US, DESTINATIONS, LEAD US, FATHER, LEAD US, JUST SAY SOMETHING SIMPLE TO HIM LIKE SPEAK TO ME, SHOW ME WHERE YOU WANT ME TO GO, IT'S ONE OF THE BEST, MOST SIMPLE PRAYERS YOU CAN EVER PRAY IS JUST GOD SHOW ME. I love this song, just one word, God from your mouth. God, you are directing us, you're guiding us, you're speaking. Holy Spirit, speak. give us ears to hear. If you happen to be with your spouse this morning, I want you to take your spouse by the hand. I want you to take your spouse by the hand I say honey, can you come? take your spouse by the hand and just pray that together. Say God, tell us what you want your destination lord guide us by your spirit pray god guide us lead us to each destination if it's monday morning or if it's 2023 and there's a new season father in our family there's a new season in ministry because everybody is in ministry everybody ministers and everybody serves so father if there's a new way that you want our family to serve we're open We're open. Lead us by your spirit, Lord, and we're going to pull the music down, and I want to ask right now, if you happen to not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I never want to let a Sunday go by without asking this. If today you're hearing this and you said, you know, when I was talking about your, your destination being centered around the gospel, that Jesus died for your sins, that he rose again to new life, dying in your place. If you say, honestly, Pastor Jordan, I'm not there yet. I, my heart's beaten out of my chest, and I know I need to give my life to Jesus, but I've never done that. It's the best, most important decision you could ever make. And I want to say it again before I give you an opportunity to pray the prayer with me. I want to tell you it's free. There's nothing you could do to earn it. If you're thinking, but I haven't been a good person. I haven't done this. And I don't even know if God wants me in this thing called church. Yes, he does. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He loves you open your heart to Him right now. If right now that's you, you need to give your heart to Jesus. Repent of your sin and say, I have sinned and I need forgiveness. I want to believe that Jesus died in my place. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I'll give you just a minute. I'll give you just a minute and especially, again, if you're online and you're listening online, It's possible that someone shared a video with you, and yet you've never given your heart to Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. Come as a man to die in your place, raised to new life so that you could have new life. If you want to give your life to Jesus, raise your hand, and we're all going to pray with you. just trusting that everyone knows the Lord. I want to encourage you, if you're thinking about it and you feel that, you feel God convicting your heart, that's God speaking to your heart. In Revelation 3, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. And honestly, I'm telling you right now, brother, sister, listen, if you hear God knocking on your heart, that's Jesus saying, I want to know you. It's Jesus saying, let me be your older brother, and we're going to have the same father. He's going to say, my father is going to be your father. So don't let that, that knock on the door go unanswered. Don't let that knock on the door go unanswered. Open the door, open your heart to Jesus, and He will change your life. And you'll find...